Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's newsflash time with your bestie gals, Madison and Abby. Good morning, Madison. Good morning. That's weird because guys, it is 3.52 p.m. It is not morning, <laughs> but it will be morning when this comes out. Yeah. How has your day been? Back it's from the 4th. Back from the 4th. Mm-hmm. I am, in a word, a shell of a human being. Oh, okay. I'm so tired. Okay. Okay. But I'm, listen, the grind does not stop mm-hmm. in the world of foster care. Mm-hmm. So, do you know, just for my weekend, do you know that I waited for fireworks until like 1045 one night after a baseball game? So, it was, they were going to play them. They're going to shoot them off after right. a baseball game. Oh. The rain delay. No. Made the baseball games slow i didn't realize that sat for like an hour and 20 minutes nothing we left we left no i got no fireworks (gasps) because i couldn't i couldn't yeah no so anyway i finally did get to watch that was on friday night i believe yeah i think no Mm -hmm. friday or saturday one um finally did i I watched them on monday night so Mm -hmm. that was good but that was also sad i love fireworks i do too i'm very passionate about fireworks they make me cry (laughs) (laughs) they make me so emotional me too between the loud noise and the beauty Uh, in the sky i'm just just enthralled um so yeah but did not get to watch them one night after i had really dedicated my time that's so unfortunate yeah but I finally did get to watch him on Monday night. Shout out to my uncle. He does great fireworks. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, What do you have for us today? Today I have dun, 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 Bridge Camp. I feel Ooh. like me and I were talking about this. We talk about all these events a lot. Mm-hmm. And you guys were probably like, OMG, I hate Bridge Camp. Mm-hmm. Terrible. But here's the thing. Our worlds <laughs> revolve around these events quite literally quite literally entire world they revolve we revolve around it and so but so do our kids in foster Mm -hmm. hair they're Mm -hmm. looking forward to it yeah and so we we have to talk about it 24 7 so that they get the best experience Mm -hmm. that they can have so that being said that being said um i hope you feel bad (laughs) and that um you now feel guilty and want to sign up for bridge camp yay let's do it we need Hospitality workers, if you're nice and you smile, listen, sign up. Mm -hmm. We love hospitality. We love hospitable people. We need security people. Yeah, we do. Listen, if your dad is buff, sign him up. We could use some security. Even if your dad isn't buff and has good eyesight and can watch a lot of things at one time, great. He can run. Send him. (laughs) Period. If he is living and breathing, (laughs) just send him because we could use him. Yeah, we need... Many people, so what security does, it sounds a little bit more intimidating or serious mm-hmm. than it is. I mean, it is serious, but we need to make sure that you are watching um, and making sure that everybody's just where they need to be right. when, when they need to be there, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you're probably going to ride around in a golf cart. You're going to mm-hmm. have an orange vest. Oh, And her. you're going to direct people to park in the per- correct places. Period. All things that really do take a special set of skills because I'm telling you, you probably don't want me to park your car. Oh, you absolutely don't I want do me to. I do not know where you're supposed to park. No. <laughs> so I need to tell someone else to tell other people where to park. And also, Amen. if you wanted to park somewhere that wasn't authorized, I I'm, going, I'm going to let you. I wouldn't tell you. I'm absolutely going to let you. I would literally not say a word. I would mm-hmm. smile and wave as you did Go it. ahead. 
good job. That's yeah. Perm. So if they can actually direct people, mm-hmm. tell them what to do and mm-hmm. where to go. Yeah. Send them our way. The kid runs off. They got to go sniff them out somewhere. We and love them for that. Golf carts. Like that's you're zooming fun. around. Exactly. You're looking cool. That's fun. You're the coolest at camp. Yeah. Anyway, we need people. Yeah. We just, we just need people. It, it takes a lot of people to run something like this. Oh, it does. It absolutely yeah. does. So all hands yeah. on deck. Um, I'll load the hands. Yeah. So bridge camp, we do need those extra mm-hmm. positions filled for mm-hmm. sure. What have you got for us, Ab? I have, dun, 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 she's of hope. Woo. She's of hope, not just in Gaston County, mm-hmm. but two other places. Lake Norman is one mm-hmm. and then Rutherford County. There are signups for all of these. Um, Gaston County, another da da da, da field. Yep. We are, we have so many people have signed up all at once and I absolutely love it. So Gaston County mm-hmm. filled up. Um, Rutherford County is on its way to being filled up. I need you to look out for Lake yes. Norman. Lake Norman? Lake Norman sign up. I love Norman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? I the love. Good. Um, I need you to be on the lookout for those signups. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that should be hitting our social media soon i believe i think so and if not social media then our website so if you can lotcarolinas.com go to our volunteer page Mm -hmm. it's going to take you to a sign up genius portal and you're going to be able to sign up for all the things there so really i guess that's my announcement is please keep a lookout on our volunteer portal page on our website Mm -hmm. because Even if there are things that kind of slip our mind to tell our listeners here, mm-hmm. they're absolutely going to be on the portal page. Yeah. So go look for those sign Keep ups. A trained eye on them. Check it. Yeah. Check it once a day. She's a hope it's fun. It's so fun. Guess how many kids we have signed up for? <gasps> oh my goodness, I really don't know this. I know the exact number how because Selena told me today three hundred and fifty six. <gasps> no. Yes. Oh my goodness, I don't know why I was thinking Plus, like one hundred seventy. Listen, they're still signing up. Oh. That's just today. It's 356 plus. So that's fantastic. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. 356 kids. So we need a quite a bit. We need a few hands. Yeah, we a few do. Helping hands. Quite a bit of hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, perfect. So this is installment three, I believe, of Morgan's story. And mm-hmm. cannot wait to get into it. Um, we'll see you next time. Boom. Bye. Bye. All right. So we're back here with Morgan telling her story. Um, And I think where we had left off, if you haven't listened to the other um, episodes of our podcast, just go back because it's so good. But um, we, you were 15 or 16 and you told me that I finally figured out how to use my own voice. So at 15 or 16, how did you, how did you use your voice, Morgan? Well, honestly, it was the mom that I have now, the one that adopted me. Um, Spoiler alert! (laughs) Spoiler alert! That's okay. It's your story to tell. Go right ahead. Um, So she sat me down. uh, We were out on the porch and we were talking. And I was just telling her how, like, it, it, it had a toll on me every time that we would every time that we would move and it like I told her I just really want to stay here and she was like if you want to stay here and Madison decides that it's not in her best interest to stay here then we will fight for you to stay and it was then with her telling me that they would fight for me it was then where I was like 
okay, someone's willing to fight for me so I can fight for myself too. So was that the first time somebody had said that to you? Yes. Wow. So you did have a guardian ad litem though. We wanted to talk about that. Was it a man, a woman? It was her. It was a woman. I'm pretty sure her name was Susan, I think. And she did, she wasn't with me all the way, like somewhere throughout it, it just got lost and I didn't have one. But I think I was 12, 13 when she first came and she sat me down and she was like, Hey, I'm your guardian ad litem. I'm here to focus on your wants and your needs. And you just tell me anything that you want voiced. And at first I was just like, you know, this is just another like scheme. It's just another social worker. I'm not going to talk to this person when they're just going to end up leaving. So I was just like really hesitant. And then she was like, I don't get paid for this position. Like I'm truly here to voice your concerns and voice your wants. And it was then where I was like, dang, this person isn't here because they're getting paid. I'm not part of a file. I'm an actual human to them. They want what's best for me and I can tell them. And she would do things to make me feel special. Like we'd go out to eat and we'd just like spend the whole day together and she would to make me feel comfortable. And that's when I would open up to her and tell her what I wanted. So kudos and shout out for guardian ad litem volunteers. If you're listening to this and you are a volunteer that is a voice for a child, Morgan is telling you that it matters and it mattered to her. Um, that somebody cared enough to volunteer their time to make sure her voice was heard. So um, we have some trainings, actually, Gaston County is going to do some trainings in our office coming up. Um, so check that out, guys. Anywhere in North Carolina, just look up the Guardian Ed Lighten Program and zoom in on your county, and you can figure out where you can get trained. It is some training. Um but I have heard time and time again how important a guardian ad litem volunteer is to these children because, number one, they do stay the same. They're the same person. It's not a different person. And it sounds silly, but not getting paid to love you is is great. It sounds great. And it means something. Um, I talk about my son a lot. And uh, we, um, we adopted him at, at 19. But he was in the, um, is it the cars or whatever program? And so it's, it was it's not independently living but back then. You could stay with a foster parent until you were 21, but still be in, in the, in the program somehow. But anyway, um, we finally just did an adult adoption and stopped, um, with the whole foster care thing. And I asked him one time, I was like, when do you think our relationship changed? Like, when did you, like, you were like, okay, y'all aren't going anywhere. Y'all really love me, you know? And he said, um, the minute I knew you weren't getting paid. And I was like, okay. So the minute that we had walked away from being a foster parent and just adopted him and said, you're our son no matter what, and he knew there was a check was not coming in the mail. I think that does something to kids when they know that you're the foster parent but you're getting paid to be my foster parent. So that feels kind of weird. Not that foster parents should do it for free. They can't. I mean, teenagers yeah. eat and they, you know, they need to be able to take care of y'all. Um, but anyway, that's interesting that you would bring that up and that that was so important to you that a guardian ad litem was a volunteer and not in a paid position. 
So, and I totally agree with your son. <clears throat> like, I didn't, I didn't really trust anyone because every time I would trust someone, I would get taken out of that foster home and put in a different one. So it was like I didn't stay long enough to trust someone, and I didn't want to trust anyone. But so we had to go through. Well, my parents now they had to go through a lot of different foundations to try to find one that would take them because my now dad my now dad is a felon, but he's it's been like ten years and his record has been so squeaky clean, but he had that felon, and so no one would take us and that's that's so how did you end up in there? So were they licensed foster parents? They were not. They. So my sister went to their church and they got to know her and then they found out that she had a sister and then they started inquiring about like fostering us or adopting us, but no one would take them. So they, we went to court and they got partial guardianship over us and so we were in there and so a judge made looked at that and said I understand you're a felon but yep. it's been 10 years let's let's do what's best for the kids yes and honestly I wish um DSS would look at that more because there are tons of felons out there that made a mistake in their life and they messed up but they've been squeaky clean record ever since but social workers won't or DSS won't allow them to be a foster parent because of that. Cause they're changed. They, they don't believe in that people can, we were talking about this actually before we came on the podcast and it's astounding to me that they believe a felon that has not, now I don't know what he had. He, I don't know what his charge was. So I, I don't even want to speak to that because there are sometimes you, you definitely should take that consideration, but somebody that has had a squeaky clean record for 10 years, but then you continually um, allow biological families that are not squeaky clean that have shown that they have keep continue to abuse or neglect children, that they would continually put you guys back in that situation over and over and over again. And then you do find your forever family and it's like, yep, sorry, that's just not going to work because they can't be foster parents. I'm so glad that your parents um, fought for you and went to court. And because that can't be easy if you, I mean, because then you're kind of like, yeah, I have a felony. Like I'm a changed person. And I can't think of a better person though, to speak into the life of a child than somebody that has gone through some hardship because they kind of know where you're coming from and they know how hard it is. So kudos to them. And so it was partial guardianship. Yes, it was partial guardianship. And then we tried that out for a little while and I really strived in their home, but my sister didn't. And she found that it was in the best interest of her to go into an independent living home. And so I think it was really great for her to step up and make that decision that was for that's what was best for her and actually do that and so she got put in a independent living home and she's thriving there and with me we went back for for full guardianship and I actually wrote a poem to the judge and (laughs) I remember we were in there and I had 
like some people in the rows that I knew that were there to support me. And then the whole courtroom was full with other cases that needed to be um, heard. But the judge actually, actually ended up reading my poem out loud to everyone. And I remember the um, everyone was in tears afterwards. And it was just a poem basically saying, like, no matter what I went through, it was all worth it because of who I had met, the person I became, and the connections I've made now. And if I had to go back to do it again to be where I am now, I would. How did that judge read that poem? Because we're going to let you read that poem without crying. That's actually, this is like a different one than the one. A different poem. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to see that poem too now, but I can imagine that that was hard. So fast forward, you're 18 now, you just graduated from high school and what's changed in your life? Um, a lot. (laughs) Um, so since they had full guardianship over me, they still had to wait until I was 18 Mm -hmm. to be adopted because of the failing on my dad's thing. So Uh they had to wait till I was 18. So I finally got adopted. Um, I am about to go to college. I'm going to go to Western. Good. And I'm working with um, SESO, mm-hmm. which stands for Strong Able Youth Speaking Out. And it's a program where um, kids in foster care or someone that has been in foster care mm-hmm. um, is on a board and they advocate for children in foster care and make their experiences better based mm-hmm. on what we didn't or did have. And so I'm involved with that and just trying to make a light with my story. Good. What are you studying? I'm going to be, I'm studying to become a social worker. I'm wanting to get my bachelor's in social work and then go up to my master's in social work so I can be a school social worker. Oh, is there a reason you want to be a school social worker? Yeah, because it was like, they were the ones that find like that the, the person that looked at me and said, you're never going to have to go back there. It was a school social worker. And I think it's very big in schools to have someone like that because I, I remember I was in a bad place and I was making crappy grades. And even like before I got put in foster care and after, like I was making crappy grades because when I wasn't in foster care, I was just uh, worried about like getting my next meal surviving and then when I got put put in foster care there's a lot of um stereotypes that foster kids are perceived to be Mm -hmm. and one of them is they don't expect you to make good grades so I didn't make good grades like nobody believed in me at that time so I was like nobody is believing in me why should I care why should I try Mm. and I just had other things to deal with and when I when I did go to school that final time and the social worker was there, they were like, you never have to be go home again. That was just like a really big eye opener. And it's just like something that's always stayed in my head. And then that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I want to be a school social worker. So kudos and shout out to all you school social workers out there. That's Morgan wants to do that because somebody in that field looked at you and said, I see you, I hear you. And you don't ever have to go through this again. And so 
um, keep fighting. I know that that's hard in the schools to see that abuse and that neglect and sometimes feels like the system fails them and doesn't, um, doesn't take action when they need to. Um, so man, I want to fast forward and see that part of your life. Like you are going to be a force to be reckoned with (laughs) as a school social worker. That will be awesome. Um, well, and you, I, at least of these, you know that, um, I, do you know that we do life boxes? Do you know what that is? I do not. Ah, well, kids 18 to 21 going into college or whatever that next stage of life is, um, we will actually um, take you out shopping and get you things for college and that kind of stuff. So we're going to get you signed up for that. Definitely take care of you. Um, I know that um, the majority of your schooling will be paid for. Um, Also, I use this podcast, Educate, so I'll educate folks because you were in foster care in in your teenage years. Your school's pretty much paid for it. They don't pay for parking, though. That parking pass is expensive. Yes. (laughs) And one thing that I will say about that is during the time that I was in foster care, they preached on me getting like a full ride, like four years of college in state for free. And I never really worried about how I was going to pay for college for the most part. And then when I got to actually applying to colleges and trying to figure out how I would go about that, I realized that I wasn't eligible for that anymore. So even though I was in foster care in and out my whole entire life, I they got full guardianship over me when I was 15 and a half. And one of their requirements is that you're like a foster kid, like at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So I still um, am eligible for the NC reach program, which means you're adopted out of foster care or something like that, or you're. Well, I'll make some phone calls. We're going to make sure you're (laughs) eligible for everything. It's hard to navigate. My son had a terrible time navigating it, but um, we'll definitely get you in touch with some folks to make sure that you get all the support and the help that you need because we want to see you succeed. And then you have to keep your grades up to keep any of the scholarships that you get. And I'm so glad that you have a family now that can help you do that. And don't get discouraged. Um, College is hard. So just keep your focus. And I would say that one of the biggest things that you can do for like a foster kid or just anyone in general is believe in them and make sure that they know that you believe in them and that you they know, you know that they think that you can do the very best. Because that, that, that was a really big, big benefactor for me is like finally knowing that someone was there for me wanting me wanting to see me do the best and that made me want to achieve my best. So really having that support system is probably number one in my opinion. So we're going to end right there and we're going to come back for one more episode where I'm going to ask you to read that poem, but then I'm going to ask you to speak to folks that are listening that are thinking about being foster parents. I think you can probably give them a little insight there. So thanks again. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.